y'all. Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so today we're talking about Season 6, Episode 21, called Let It Bleed. Uh, we start out in H.P. Lovecraft's home. He's in his study. There's a thunderstorm outside. It's March 15th, 1937. We're in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, H.P. Lovecraft types, types in his typewriter. He drinks and types for a long time. He finally types the end, and then his door creaks open. Love. Lovecraft says, hello. <laughs> I know, it's so awful. <laughs> Lovecraft says, hello? He opens a desk drawer and takes out a revolver. He opens the door and looks down the hallway, but no one is there. Uh, he closes and locks the door and gets some more booze, which I would too. I don't know. I don't think I would. I would want to like have all of my senses, you know? Like, yeah. Well, he seems pretty like strung out and suspicious already, you know? Yeah, so fair. <laughs> yeah. So suddenly the window behind him breaks and something enters through it. It stands in front of him. Lovecraft says, please, we didn't know. I'm sorry. And then the creature kills him and blood splatters onto the front page of his manuscript. It says, Haunter of the Dark by H.P. Lovecraft, March 15th, 1937. And we get our opening title sequence. So we cut to current day at Bobby's house. Sam says to Dean, well, you know what? At least you tried. Dean says, yeah, fat lot of good it did. Why did it even come, right? Sam shrugs. Dean says, well, Samuel's journals are pointless. I mean, I'm sorry, but Jebediah Campbell has squat to tell me about how to stop Cass from cracking purgatory. Bobby joins them carrying a large envelope, and Bobby says, well, actually, it's not about the journals we have. It's about the one we don't. Sam says, meaning what? Bobby says, well, that's the bad news. Our pal cast didn't stop in last night just to mend fences. Dean says, what did he do? Bobby says, he stole something. Dean says, what? Bobby says, the journal of one Moesha Campbell. Sam says, Moesha? Okay, not going to lie. Every time I hear the name Moesha, like, I think of the marvelous... Mrs. Maisel. Have you seen that? Oh, no, I haven't. That's probably why I'm saying it wrong. I'm saying it's, Moisha. What oh, is it? Moisha? Moisha. Moisha. Okay. Like, that's the name of the father in, like, that's the name of her dad in um, the show. Okay. And, like, the mom was it Moisha, you know? Like, it's like, oh my gosh, you know? Like, there's constantly the Moisha this, the Moisha that, you know? It's, it's, it's pretty funny. You should that watch it funny. if you'd like it. Yeah, I'm, I was meant to. I just haven't haven't gotten there yet. I have so much I'm trying to watch right now. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, I'm too. trying to catch up on the boys so that when Jensen's on it, I'm ready for it. I haven't even started that yet, although I have started Walker. I saw the first episode of that. That was pretty good. Yeah, I watched it, too. I liked it, although I had to watch it in, like, one-minute increments because Killian was acting up, so it didn't flow for me, but <laughs> yeah. But I liked, I liked the story. I liked where... Yeah, I liked it. It's yeah. it was hard to look at him and be like and not be like, Sammy. I know, like, right. It's like, what do you do to your hair? <laughs> yeah. I actually like his hair better like this. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But it's like you you because I see him and I'm still kinda like Sam, it's like it's not right. That's not Sam's hair. Yeah. It's like, what did you do to your hair, Sam, even though I like it better? You know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, my one, my one complaint, um, and what made Eric laugh every time it happened, which was only twice really, was when, um, uh, was when Walker, not Sam, but Walker, was, mm -hmm. um, you know, seeing visions of 
his dead wife mm-hmm. and the, the music they played, there was always a soft sighing sound in it that would be like, ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And Eric just laughed every single time. <laughs> so it was a little cheesy. I didn't notice that at all. Yeah. But I didn't really pay close attention either. So. The music was really loud, I thought, compared to the audio of the, like, the voices and stuff. So maybe that's why. Hmm. Maybe it's just a setting on my computer. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I didn't notice it, but also I wasn't really paying attention to that either. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway. So Sam says, well, uh, so we got to get it back, right? Bobby hands Sam the envelope and says, or just read the copy I already made. Hi, glad to meet you. Bobby Singer, paranoid bastard. <laughs> So we cut to some time later. Bobby says, I think I zeroed in on something. Dean says, what do you got? Bobby hands him the page. Dean reads, went to talk to Howard Phillips about the events of March 10th. Bobby says, that's March 10th, 1937. Dean says, all right, so who's this Phillips guy? Bobby says, Phillips ain't his last name. It's Lovecraft. Sam says, wait, HP Lovecraft? Bobby (laughs) nods. Sam says, let me see that. Dean says, am I supposed to know who that is? Bobby is surprised that Dean doesn't know. Um, and so am I, because he knows a lot of writers. It I seems know, like. he's like yeah. the nerd out of the two. Exactly. You know, like Sam is like the book smart one, but Dean is like the, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars, you know, all that sort of stuff. Fan, yeah, you, know? you would think he would know. So that was surprising. Yeah. Uh, Bobby says, horror writer at the Mountains of Madness, the Call of Cthulhu. Dean says, yeah, it's no, I'm. I was too busy having sex with women. (laughs) Bobby rolls his eyes and says, well, anyhow, there's one notion that comes up over and over again in his stories, namely opening doors to other dimensions and letting scary crap through. Dean says, you don't say. Sam says, wait, so you're saying you think Lovecraft knew something about purgatory? Bobby says, all I know is Moisha paid him a visit. I said it wrong again, but that's okay. okay. Moisha. There we go. Moisha. Moisha. So we cut to Ben and Lisa Braden's house. Ben is in his room reading a Cthulhu comic. Downstairs, Lisa sits down next to her boyfriend, Matt, on the couch. They're watching baseball. Suddenly, demons break down the door. A demon grabs Lisa, and she screams. Ben hears and rushes to the stairs. Matt says, just let her go, okay? But another demon snaps Matt's neck, killing him. (laughs) Called him Mac. Snaps Mac. (laughs) Uh, It's not funny. He dies. Poor guy. (laughs) Well... It's Mac, though. <laughs> Good old Mac. Good old Mac. I'm macking him. <laughs> A I'm sure that Mac. means something somewhere else is different than... <laughs> You're probably right. Oh, well. But okay. I... <laughs> okay, so Ben watches from the top of the stairs. Lisa sees him, and so do the demons. Ben runs into his room, closes the door, and puts a chair under the handle. Lisa yells, no, and she screams again. Ben grabs his phone and calls Dean. Dean answers and says, Ben? Ben says, there's men in the house. Dean says, what? Ben says, they killed Matt. They got mom. They're coming. I hear them. Dean says, what are they? Ben says, I don't know. Dean says, did you see their eyes? Ben says, no. Dean says, teeth? Ben says, no. Dean says, this is important, Ben. I need to know. Dean says, Ben says, Dean, I don't know. Dean says, okay, where are you now? Ben says, in my room. Dean says, can you get to your mom's closet? I left a shotgun in there. Ben says, no, Dean, what do I do? Dean says, okay, Ben, listen to me. Go to your window and jump. Ben says, what? Dean says, any bones you break. You gotta be out of your freaking mind. (laughs) I know. I know, right? 
Dean says, any bones you break won't compare to what they're going to do to you, Ben. You've got to jump. Ben says, okay, I'm going. So Ben climbs up onto his desk and opens the window. Dean says, I'm coming right now. The demons kick Ben's door in. Dean says, I'm coming to get you and your mom. I promise. You with me, Ben? Ben? But there's no answer. Okay, I'm not going to lie. Like, he's like, I'm going to come and get you right now. He's not even moving. Like, he's not even, like, getting up and grabbing things as he's talking on the phone. He's still sitting there going, I'm coming to get you right now, even though he's not even moving. That's true. That kind of bugged me. Yeah. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. That's not how Dean would act if he cared about something. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Then Crowley picks up Ben's phone from the floor. Crowley says, hello, Dean. Fancy a chat? God, how long's it been, Dean? Since my so-called demise, yes? Dean says, Crowley, let him go now, or I swear. Crowley says, right, right, you'll rip me a cornucopia of orifices. Let's get to the bit where I tell you how this goes. Your chocolate's been in my peanut butter for far too long. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) Not right. (laughs) Dean says, I am going to kill you. Crowley says, oh, Dean, ever the wit. I've got your, uh, oh, what are they? Ex-lady friend and not kid? And I'm keeping them until I'm satisfied that you've backed the hell off. Dean says, I'm telling you, last chance to let him go easy. Crowley says, you're adorable when you get all threatening. Don't worry, I won't hurt them, provided you and Jolly Green stand down. Got the it? Jolly Green giant. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, I love that. Uh, yeah. Splendid. Kisses. And then Crowley hangs up. Bobby says, what's the story? Dean says, he said, Lisa and Ben keep breathing as long as we sit on our thumbs. Sam says, you think Cass knows about this? Dean says, we got to assume he does. Sam says, so what are we going to do? Dean says, I'll tell you what we're not going to do is sit here. I'm going after them. Sam says, I'm coming with. Dean says, no, Sam, you and Bobby stay on the Lovecraft thing, all right? Cass is already way ahead of us. Sam says, you got to be nuts if you think I'm going to let you do this alone. Bobby can take care of the case. The case. The case. (laughs) The case. Bobby says, no, guys. Dean says, Bobby, this is a big ball, okay? We can't drop it now. Bobby says, fine, but how are you two going to find Lisa and Ben? So we cut to Bobby's salvage yard at night. Bobby drives away. Sam and Dean summon Balthazar, who appears with a drink in his hand. Balthazar says, I'm sorry, boys. Do I look like a manservant to you? No? No? Then quit ringing for me, please. (laughs) Dean says, this is important, Balthazar. Balthazar says, I was drinking a 75 Dom out of a Soprano's navel when you called. That was important. Sam says, Crowley's alive. Balthazar says, well, you've been scooped. Cass already told me. Dean says, well, did Cass tell you that he and Crowley's... That's not what he says. (laughs) Dean says, well, did Cass tell you that he is Crowley's butt buddy, you smug little dick? (laughs) Balthazar says, excuse me? Sam says, handshake deal. Go halvesies on all the souls in purgatory. He fill you in on that? Balthazar says, well, yes. Yes, of course he did. But Balthazar is clearly lying. Sam says, oh, yes, of course. We can read it all over your face. Dean says, look, Crowley and Cass took two people who are very important to me. Balthazar says, and I care about this because, Dean says, because maybe there is a shred of decency underneath this snarky crap. They're innocent people, and I'm asking for your help. Balthazar says, hmm, I see. Fair enough. And then Balthazar whooshes away. Dean says, son of a bitch. Sam says, look, Dean, let's just call Cass. Maybe he doesn't know anything about this. Dean says, we are not calling Cass. Sam says, yeah, but Dean. Dean says, we are not calling Cass. Sam says, so what then? We cut to inside a man named Judah's room. Bobby is pretending to be a journalist. Judah is a Lovecraft enthusiast. Judah says, 
you know, a horror, lowbrow, puts us in the ghetto, fine. But H.P. Lovecraft, this guy is literature. I mean, he should be taught in schools. He's up there with Dickens and Dean R. Koontz. Seriously. <laughs> Dean Koontz. I thought that was funny. Oh, he's another horror writer. He's kind of like a... Well, he's got a lot of books like Stephen King. I would lump him in with Stephen King. Okay. King is clearly the superior writer. I mean, he's the one that I've heard of, so... <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but Koontz isn't bad, but he's not like literature, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Bobby says, well, that's definitely the angle I'm taking with my piece. Judah says, oh, okay, sorry, please. And he gestures for Bobby to sit. Bobby says, so I hear you have a large collection of Lovecraft's private letters. Judah says, yeah, world's largest. Bobby says, wow, you must be catnip to the ladies. <laughs> Judah says, I'm in a long, I know. Judah says, I'm in a long-term online relationship. So Bobby He's says, like, I know well, I am. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby says, well, I'd like to ask you about Lovecraft's last years, specifically anything that might have gone down around March 10th, 1937. Judah says, oh, okay. Are you working with that other guy? Bobby says, other guy. Judah says, yeah, you know, trench coat, looks like Columbo, talks like Rain Man. Bobby says, right, we're competitors, rival magazines. Judah says, oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you what I told him. Howard had a dinner party on March 10th. Bobby says, party? How many friends at this party? Judah says, well, six. If by friends you mean co-worshippers in a black magic cult. They were getting together that night to perform a ritual, something big. Bobby says, define big. Judah says, not much. Just open a door into another dimension. Bobby says, why would they do that? Judah says, to see what's out there, you know. Maybe it's friendly. Bobby says, it's never friendly. I mean, I imagine. So did it work, the spell? Judah says, well, there was no mention of Cthulhu in the morning papers, so actually I do happen to have several letters detailing the dinner. He walks to his bookshelf and pulls out a file. He says, the worst thing that was reported was a hangover, so it's, uh, I got it. I got them right here. Sorry, some of it's actually pretty interesting. He opens the file, but it's empty. He says, and they were, I'm sorry, they were right here. Bobby says, uh, well, it's not like an invisible guy could just pop in and steal them, right? <laughs> Judah says, right. Bobby says, so I'll leave you to it. And um, you'll call me if you find him, right? And Bobby leaves. Judah says, okay, hey, thanks again for dropping by. So we cut to Bobby's salvage yard. Sam is outside a garage. He's on the phone with Bobby. Bobby says, Lovecraft tried to jimmy a damn dimensional door, idiot. <laughs> Sam says, so what happened? Bobby says, well, nothing much, except I dug and every guest invited to the hoedown, dead or disappeared inside a year. Sam says, wow, so where are you off to now? Bobby says, have a chat with one of the guests. Sam says, wait, didn't you just say that everyone there died? Bobby says, yeah, everyone Lovecraft invited died. Seems the maid had a nine-year-old boy. He was there. Sam says, so he'd be what, 83 years old now? Where is he? Bobby says, same place he's been ever since the big night, locked in a mental ward. Sam says, I see. Well, keep me posted, huh? Bobby says, okay, stay in touch. How's things going there? You got a lead on Lisa and Ben? Sam says, well, we're making a few in inquiries. Slow going. Bobby says, how's Dean? Sam says, about how you'd expect. Inside the garage, Dean kills a demon with Ruby's knife. There are several dead demons on the floor. Dean says, next customer. And he puts another demon in a chair over a devil's trap. The demon says, look, I don't know anything. Mm, I totally need a drink of water, sorry. <laughs> That's fine. I'm like dying here. <laughs> 
you get, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta wet your voice there a little bit. <laughs> no, it's like, I'm always like fine. And then suddenly I start, like, I start talking and then like 10 minutes into it, I'm like, oh my God, my voice, I can't go on. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, oh, okay. Where was I? The demon says, look, I don't know anything. Dean says, yeah, we'll see. So Dean takes a drink of whiskey and Sam walks in. Sam says, Dean. Dean says, yeah. Sam says, look, man, you're running on what? Whiskey and coffee and whatever else you're taking? Dean says, yeah. And Sam says, and we're grasping at straws here, man. Dean says, look, I kill enough of these demons. Eventually, one of them's going to tell me where Crowley is. So we good? Sam says, well, look, you've been at it for a while. Why don't you let me take over? You deserve a break. Dean says, no, thanks. Sam says, Dean. Dean says, Sam, back off. Lisa and Ben, wherever they are, that is 100% on me. And if they are hurt, I'll, I'll yell if I need you. So Sam walks out. Outside the garage, Sam says, Castiel, it's Sam. Uh, so look, I don't know if you're in on this whole Ben-Lisa thing, but if you have any heart whatsoever, bring him back to us, man. Come on, please. I'm begging you. I am begging you. Do you understand? Sam looks around but sees nothing. As he walks away, we see Castiel is standing next to him, invisible. Poor Cass. I mean, yes and no. <laughs> yeah. Like, at this point, like, you feel bad for Cass because he, I don't know, like, I kind of feel bad for him because he's in a, like, a tough spot, but also at the same time, like, he has other options. He's just doing what he thinks is best, even though it's not necessarily, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I mean, I totally get Cass's point of view on this. He's trying to, like, defeat Raphael so they don't have to, like, go ahead with the apocalypse again, you know? Like, I totally get it, but... For me, like, I don't know. We kind of get into it a little bit later, but mm -hmm. I don't know. It, the, the whole thing just kind of, like, eh, kind of hurts yeah. me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we cut to Crowley's laboratory. <laughs> Cass walks in. Crowley says, sweetie, you look tense. Cass says, you took Ben and Lisa. Crowley says, oh, that. Cass says, I told you. Crowley says, not to touch Sam and Dean, and I respected that. I'm merely exploiting the obvious loophole. As long as I have the woman and the boy, your fop-coiffed little heroes will be scouring the earth for them. Therefore, not you and not me. Everybody wins. Cass says, you should have talked to me first. Crowley says, I'd rather ask forgiveness than permission. Cass says, where are they, Crowley? Crowley says, um, Crowley makes a motion of zipping, zipping his lips and putting the key into his coat pocket. Mm. Cass says, you are not to harm them. Do you understand? Crowley says, you know what? You are all maxed out on putting humans out of bounds. I'll do with them as I please. Want to stop me? Go find freaking purgatory. There's a high-pitched sound and Cass touches his head. Crowley says, call on the bat phone? Never call during business hours, do they? Cass says, I'll be back. So we cut to a forest. Uh, Cass and Balthazar are there. Balthazar says, Cass, Cass, Cass. So good of you to come. Cass says, Balthazar, why'd you summon me here? Balthazar says, can I ask you a direct question? Cass says, of course. Balthazar says, are you in flagrant, flagrante? I don't know how to say that word. Flagrant? Mm. No, wait. No, I don't know. In flagrante. I think that's how you say it. 
with the king of Hades. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Cass says, of course not. Balthazar says, always were such a terrible liar. So it's true. All right, then. Why? Cass says, it's a means to an end. Balthazar, you understand that. Balthazar says, oh, absolutely. But what's the end here exactly? You know, raid purgatory, snatch up all the souls? Cass says, win the war. Balthazar says, and I can only assume that you'd be the vessel, correct? Suck up all those souls into yourself, all that power? Cass says, it's the only way. Balthazar says, or too much juice for you, in which case you explode, taking a substantial chunk of the planet along with you. Cass says, that won't happen. Balthazar says, sure, sure, of course. Just tell me it's entirely risk-free. Cass says, I'm sorry that I didn't tell you, but I need to know, are you with me or not? Balthazar says, ah, you know, you may be certifiable, but fine, in for a penny, in for a pound. <laughs> Cass says, how'd you hear about this anyway? Balthazar says, oh, you're howler monkeys, of course. See, they're just a touch worked up about that kidnapping business, you know? <laughs> so we, we cut to a mental institution. Bobby is talking to Westboro, uh, an 83-year-old man who was nine years old uh, during H.P. Lovecraft's dinner party in 1937. Westboro was the maid's son. Westboro says, you sure you're not with that other reporter in the coat? Liar, that one. Not who he says. Bobby <laughs> says, no, sir. I'm not affiliated with his paper. I just have a couple of questions about a dinner party you were in in 1937. Westboro says, everyone's so fascinated. Want to know about my night at the home of the great H.P. Lovecraft? Bobby says, if you don't mind. Westboro says, well, you know the story. They did their spell, and they, said, and they all said it failed. Do you believe in monsters? Bobby says, yep. Westboro says, you know, you go saying that, they'll lock you in here for the rest of your life. Bobby says, whatever you saw, you tell me and I'll buy it straight. Westboro says, the spell worked, a door opened and something came through, but it was invisible, so no one knew except me. Bobby says, how did you know then? Westboro says, because it took my mother. It went into her. She wasn't the same. She even smelled different. And then she disappeared. And surprise, surprise, one by one, they all start dying. Bobby says, I'm sorry about your mom. Westboro says, you're the first person to ever say that. Hey, you want to see a picture? Bobby nods. Westboro shows him the picture. Bobby says, well, I'll be damned. We cut back to Bobby's garage. Uh, Dean says to a demon, I promise you, pal, start talking. Dean walks over the devil's trap. Um, his shoe rubs away part of the paint. The demon notices, but Dean doesn't. He says, or I swear, I will rip your skin off strip by strip, and then I'm going to kill you. And then I'm going to do it to the next demon. You hear me? The demon says, yeah, I hear you. The demon uses his powers to throw Dean against a van. The demon breaks his restraints and puts his hand around Dean's neck. Demon says, the demon says, so you can stop talking, you miserable sack. Cass appears behind the demon. He lays a hand on the demon's head and kills him. Dean looks shocked. Dean says, I didn't ask for your help. Cass says, well, regardless, you're welcome. <laughs> Dean says, why are you here? Either way. Yeah. Cass says, I had no idea Crowley would take Lisa and Ben. Dean says, yeah, right. Cass says, you don't believe me. Dean says, I don't believe a word that's coming out of your mouth. Cass says, I thought you said we were like family. Well, I think that too. Shouldn't trust run both ways. Dean says, Cass, I just can't. Cass says, Dean, I do everything that you ask. I always come when you call and I'm your friend. Still, despite your lack of faith in me and now your threats, I just saved you yet again. Has anyone but your closest can ever done more for you? All I ask is this one thing. Dean says, trust your plan to pop purgatory? Cass says, I've earned that, Dean. I came to tell you that I will find Lisa and Ben and I will bring them back. Stand behind me the one time I ask. 
Dean says, you're asking me to stand down? Cass says, Dean. Dean says, that's the same damn ransom note that Crowley handed me. You know that, right? Well, no thanks. I'll find him myself. In fact, why don't you go back to Crowley and tell him that I said you can both kiss my ass. Dean walks away, upset. Cass whooshes away. He's getting so we, I know. I hate it when they fight. Yeah. I hate it. It's not as bad as when Sam and Dean fight. Like, yeah, no. that rips me up, but Okay, so we cut to a cabin in the woods. <laughs> Bobby knocks on the door. A woman answers. It's Dr. Eleanor Visiak from the dragon episode. Uh, Eleanor says, Bobby? Bobby says, Ellie, it's been a while. Eleanor says, come in. So they go inside. Eleanor says, how did you find me? Bobby says, well, we weren't together long, Ellie, but I know a thing or two about you. I know your safe houses. And let me tell you, this one ain't that safe. <laughs> Eleanor says, so did you come here just to chat? Bobby says, I know what you are, Ellie. He pulls out the picture of young Westboro and his mom and shows it to her. Bobby says, you're not exactly from Milwaukee, are you? Eleanor says, not exactly. Bobby says, and not that I'd have minded, but you kind of fibbed about your age, too. <laughs> Eleanor says, just slightly. 900 years just a couple you know yeah no big it's fine <laughs> bobby says so what's your game then eleanor says game bobby says yeah why are you here eve came through and raised all kinds of hell quickly you've been here how long what's with the slow burn eleanor says well you know we're not all alike bobby says monsters eleanor says okay if it makes you feel better to call me that fine Bobby says, you're from freaking purgatory. You never thought to mention that the whole time you slept with me? <laughs> Eleanor says, I am what I am, Bobby, and I happen to be a friend. Bobby says, you want to explain that to me? Eleanor says, I didn't ask those idiots to crack the door. I just happened to be the thing that fell through. And let me tell you something. You are lucky it was me. Bobby says, you're saying you're on our side? Eleanor says, I'm on my side. I happen to like it here. I don't want to see this place turned into some bloody wasteland. Bobby says, so you killed H.P. Lovecraft? Eleanor says, please, that guy couldn't even write hello. Look, I have spent 75 years trying to keep purgatory closed. Why do you think I gave Dean the sword? To stop Eve. How you guys were supposed to kill the damn dragons. Bobby says, look, this all comes down to one angel. He wants purgatory and he's looking for you. Eleanor says, well, thanks for the heads up. Bobby says, I know him, Al. He's going to figure it out one way or another. Now the only way I can stop him is to get ahead of him, so I need to know how you open the door. Eleanor says, no, Bobby, it's too dangerous for anyone to know. Bobby says, if I found you, he ain't far behind. At least let me take you somewhere, protect you. Eleanor says, no, thanks. I have a couple other places lined up. Don't worry. Bobby, you're just a man. I'm better off protecting myself. So we cut to Bobby's kitchen. It's nighttime. Sam pours himself a drink and Balthazar appears. Balthazar says, drinking your feelings, Sam? I thought that was your brother's bag. Sam says, stressful times. Balthazar says, well, we need to talk. Sam says, why? Balthazar says, because I know I'm going to live to regret this, but I'm officially on your team. You bastards. He's like, uh-oh. <laughs> yep. Dean says, and we should believe you, why? Balthazar says, would you believe I have a shred of decency? Sam says, no. <laughs> Balthazar says, oh, that hurts. Okay, you're right. It's survival. You see, I asked Cass some questions, and I disliked his answers. He seems awfully sure of himself for a man who wants to swallow a million nuclear reactors. I mean, these things can get a bit Chernobyl, you know? So, voila, consider me your double agent. Oh, and I took the liberty of searching for your friends. It took a while. Crowley's a clever one. Dean says, you found them? Balthazar says, well, the upside is yes. The downside is no, I cannot get them for you. Sam says, why not? 
Balthazar says, because Crowley's angel-proof the whole bloody building. I guess he doesn't trust Cass. Seems that marriage is going swimmingly. <laughs> Dean says, okay, well, get us as close as you can. Balthazar says, sure, but then you're on your own. So Balthazar teleports the three of them to outside the building Lisa and Ben are being held in. Balthazar says, all right, boys, this is where I get off. God be with you and what have you. And he whooshes away. Which <laughs> is like, bye. <laughs> yep. A demon exits the building, keeping watch. Dean stabs him in the chest with Ruby's knife, and he dies. Sam and Dean enter the building. Uh, Dean says, all right, be careful. They split up, which is stupid. I don't know why. Like, listen, do you never learn? <laughs> I know, right? Don't split up. Have you seen any horror movie ever? Yeah. So Dean walks down some stairs. Sam rounds a corner. Uh, He hears a noise and turns around. From above him, a demon jumps down and knocks him out. Two demons carry Sam away uh, into a room and lock the door. He's, like, constantly getting knocked out. Like, dude. Like, what? (laughs) I know. He's always (laughs) unconscious. He's always knocked out. (laughs) Uh, So we cut to a room where Lisa and Ben are tied up. Three demons are in the room. A fight can be heard outside, so the demons go one by one to investigate, but don't come back in. The door breaks off when a demon is pushed through it by Dean, who has killed all of the demons. Lisa says, oh, Dean, thank God. Dean says, still got to get you out of here. He cuts Lisa free and says, okay, okay. And then he cuts Ben free and says, all right, Ben, come on, let's go. Suddenly, Lisa grabs Ben and Ruby's knife and holds it against Ben's neck. Demon Lisa says, Brat's not going anywhere, and neither am I, and her eyes go black. I love it how it says it in the script, Demon Lisa. <laughs> Demon like, Lisa. You gotta make sure that you, you know who you're talking about. <laughs> I know. Demon Lisa says, Crowley thought you might come, so he had me jump this hot little piece of ass for insurance. Can't go losing our leverage now, can we? Dean takes a step towards her. Demon Lisa says, Ah, another step, free appendectomy. To Ben, she says, you know she's awake in here, your mom. I can hear her thinking. Dean says, don't listen to her, Ben. Demon Lisa says, what? I was just going to tell him that you're his real daddy. Just kidding. (laughs) To Ben, she says, who knows who your real dad is, kid? Your mom's a slut. Dean says, you shut your mouth. Demon Lisa says, oh, what? You're her white knight now? She wishes she never met you, Dean. You're the worst mistake she's ever made. To Ben, she says, second worst, after keeping you. Dean says... It's not your mom, Ben. She's lying. Demon Lisa says, says the C minus lay with 10 miles of daddy issues. Whatever gets you through the night, tiny Tim. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) That makes me question things that I I don't want to question. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe he's just a pretty face. makes me sad I know. it's not what i imagined when i imagined things <laughs> demons lie though let's be real <laughs> all right all right demon lisa is lying mm-hmm. that's our final word on it okay yep. all right <laughs> no tiny tim here <laughs> <laughs> so there <laughs> uh, okay so dean takes another step forward Demon Lisa says, uh-uh, back off, cowboy. To Ben, she says, you know she's begging me to kill you. She says you hold her back. Never had a lick of fun since you were born. Dean says, Ben, look at me. Look at me. You're going to be just fine. Then Dean throws holy water at Demon Lisa. She screams and lets go of Ben. Dean says, go. And Ben runs 
uh, away from Lisa. She goes after Dean with a knife, but he pushes her against the wall. She drops the knife and Dean kicks it backwards towards Ben and says, Ben, knife. Demon Lisa pushes Dean away and Ben picks up the knife. Demon Lisa says, what's the matter, Dean? Hit me. Oh, you don't want to hurt poor Lisa. Dean begins an exorcism. Demon Lisa says, shut your mouth, and she punches Dean in the face. Uh, stop it. But Dean continues. Demon, Demon Lisa says, I'm warning you. Dean says, you can go to hell, you black-eyed bitch. Demon Lisa grabs a straight razor from a table. She says, you sure about that? And she stabs herself in the stomach. But ben yells, mom. Demon Lisa laughs and says, exercise me now. She's just a dead meat suit. Now, what was it you wanted to say? But Dean regretfully continues the exorcism. The demon smokes out of Lisa and she falls to the floor. Ben yells, mom. Dean says, Lisa, here, put pressure on that, okay? And he gives her a cloth and puts her hand over the wound. She moans and Dean says, I know, honey, I know. He calls Sam and says uh, to Lisa, that's it, that's okay. Sam's, uh, Dean gets Sam's voicemail. It says, this is Sam, leave a message. Sam is still unconscious in the other room. Dean says, Sam, where are you, damn it? All right, Ben, we got to get her out of here, okay? Ben? Ben? But Ben is frozen with fear. I have yeah. the look on that kid's face, like, I probably would be the same way, just like, uh, what do I do? You know, yeah, like, what just I happened? Know. You know? Exactly. <laughs> I would be the same way. So Dean slaps Ben and says, hey, listen to me. I need you to pull it together, okay? You got to be strong. Your mom needs you right now. Go open that duffel bag. Grab the salt gun. I got to carry your mom out. So if anything comes at us, you shoot it. Ben says, but Dean says, go now. So Ben gets the gun and Dean picks up Lisa. Dean says, okay. Uh, to Ben, he says, the knife, get the knife. And they walk out of the room. Dean says, all right, Ben, keep your elbow in, gun tight to your shoulder and watch for the kick. A demon walks towards them. Dean says, Ben, Ben shoots it and then freezes again. Dean says, Ben, Ben. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I know. Ben says, Dean. Dean says, come on, pull it together. Do you want your mom to die? Let's go. So they keep walking and then hear pounding on a door. Sam yells, Dean. Dean yells, Sam. <laughs> Sam says, I'm in here. <laughs> I know. Dean. <laughs> Sammy. Oh, there's my drug alarm. Hold on. Okay. <clears throat> so Dean puts Lisa down and shoots the lock off the door. Sam comes out. Dean says, come on, we got to get to the hospital. Ben, give the gun to him. Sam, we need a ride. Uh, we cut to outside the building. Sam pulls up in a stolen car and they all get in. Uh, Dean says, she's fine, Ben. She's fine. She's going to be just fine. Almost there. To Lisa, he says, hey, stay with me. To Sam, he says, Sam, you, you got to go faster, man. To Lisa, he says, you're going to be just fine. You're going to be just fine. So we cut to Lisa's hospital room. She's unconscious and hooked up to breathing tubes and a monitor. Uh, Dean and Ben watch her. Dean says, Ben, I'm sorry. But Ben just gets up and leaves. Dean says, Ben. Suddenly, Cass appears. Dean says, what do you want? Cass says, Dean, listen. Dean says, what do you want me to say? She'll be dead by midnight. Cass says, I'm sorry. Dean says, I don't care. It's too little too late. Cass says, okay, well, regardless, I didn't come for you. Dean says, meaning? Cass puts a hand on Lisa's head, healing her. Cass says, she's fine now. She'll wake soon. Dean, I said I'm sorry, and I meant it. Dean says, thank you. I wish this changed anything. Cass says, I know, so do I. All else aside, I just wanted to fix what I could. Cass starts to walk away, but Dean says, um, there's one more thing you could do for me. So we cut to Lisa waking up. Ben is with her. Ben says, hey, mom. Lisa says, hey, what? Ben says, you're in the hospital. 
Outside the room, Dean walks up to the door and watches. Lisa says, what happened? Ben says, we were in a car crash. Lisa says, are you okay? Ben says, yeah, I'm fine. You hit your head pretty bad, but you're okay now. Dean knocks on the door and comes into the room and says, hi. Ben says, who are you? Dean says, I'm Dean. Uh, I'm the guy who hit you. Lisa says, oh. Dean says, I just lost control for a minute and I wanted to say that I'm sorry. I'm real happy you two are both okay. And I'm just, I'm glad your life can get back to normal now. Lisa smiles and says, we're okay. So that's what's important, right? Dean says, yeah, anyway, uh, I'll leave you two alone. To Ben, he says, you take care of your mom. And he walks away trying not to cry. Mm. Ugh, it was sad. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Okay, they're still in danger. They're just not going to remember Dean. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't think that they're in danger anymore because what are they, if they don't remember him, like they're not useful. Yeah, Who's I guess. going to go after them when they don't have any useful information, you know? But how are they going to know, how are the bad guys going to know that they don't have useful information, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I kind of like, I'm sure that the word would spread, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Okay. So outside the hospital, Dean walks up to the car where Sam is waiting. Sam says, well, Dean says, well, nothing. And he gets in the car. Sam gets in and says, Dean, you know, you pulled some shady crap before, but this has got to be the worst. Whitewashing their memories? Take it from somebody who knows. Dean says, if you ever mention Lisa and Ben to me again, I will break your nose. Sam says, Dean. Dean says, I am not kidding. Sam wants to say more, but sees the tears in Dean's eyes, so he just nods, and they drive away. Uh, we cut to outside Dr. Visiak's cabin. She's walking to her car when Cass appears. He puts his hand on her shoulder and teleports them both away. And credits. Okay, so for this episode, the only really thoughts that I have is, first of all, Eleanor, like, what is she? We never find out, I don't think. Like, we do. I think, in the, I think in the next episode we find out what she is. Uh, no, I just watched it. You don't, they don't actually tell what she is. Because I was waiting for it. Oh, I, I know what she is, and I feel, and it's a big spoiler. I don't think I so. Thought. I just watched it, because I was waiting for that, and I was like, what in the world is this? <laughs> Maybe they don't say it, and I just, in my own brain, decided what she was. Yeah, no, but, they don't say it. Well, I, can't, I have a question to ask you, but I can't, because it's a spoiler, so... <laughs> Otherwise, I don't want to tell you in case it comes up again. In, ca in case what comes up again with Eleanor? Yeah, and you find out what she is then. No, I'm saying I watched the next episode, and I don't want to give away any spoilers, but, like, it doesn't say what she is ever. But maybe in, like, a later episode it does. I'm not sure, so. Oh, I don't think it does. Cause, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, it's. Okay, we'll talk about it after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll probably talk about my, it in the next episode. <laughs> yeah, because in my brain, I know, I feel like I know what she is, but, but if know. you don't, but I thought it, but I thought it explained it in the next episode, so. No, it doesn't. At least not yeah. from what I remember, because I was kind of like waiting for that. I, I, it's very possible that I was like writing something down and like didn't pay attention. Yeah. But anyways, okay. yeah, so that's just, that's kind of one of those that's like, it's a plot hole for me and I don't like it. 
Okay. Well, if um, if they don't explain it in the next episode, I'll tell you what I thought in the next podcast. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, this doesn't, I don't get it. Um, also, uh, I kind of like, I remember being a little bit confused when the first time I watched this episode with the whole Lisa, um, and, um, I almost said Brady. <laughs> That's my brother's name. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, but with those two, like, I, I always kind of, like, when I first watched it, I thought that she had, like, amnesia or something from, like, getting stabbed. And I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, for some reason, it took me a while the first time I watched it to be like, oh, this Cast is, like. Cast memories. Yeah, like. I, and, and I figured it out, but it was kind of like, if this doesn't make any sense, how can they, you know, like, and clearly when you watch it again, you're like, oh yeah, like, duh, he set this up, you know? Mm-hmm. But anyways, that was, that was, it was kind of funny watching it again. I'm like, oh, that makes more sense now. <laughs> yeah. You know what I didn't get the first time um, mm-hmm. was who killed all the people that were at the, at HP Lovecraft's party, but it was Dr. Visiak. Yeah. She went and killed everybody so they they wouldn't open up the open up purgatory again. And that just like flew right over my head the first time I watched it. I was like, why are we even bringing up these dead like people dying like and not wrapping it up? But yeah. But then I got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I got there eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, the only other thought that I have about this one is like I guess this is a more appropriate thought for the next episode, but it still is a thought for this one. Like, is Cass doing the right thing? Oh, I yeah, I don't know. And, like, either way, like, it's kind of open to, like, what you think, I guess, for even when you do, like, know all the things and whatever. Like, did he actually do the right thing? I'm going to go with my answer is no. Yeah, that's my answer too. Yeah. And not just because like I know more for later, but like the whole thing about him, like, well, you know, when Dean, I think it was in the last episode, he was like, we could help you, you know, like you just didn't even bother coming to us with your problem. Like Mm -hmm. you just did it on your own and that's a recipe for disaster, you know, Cass was like, well, screw you. I'm doing it anyway, essentially, you know, yeah. like he, I, I think there could have been a, a, a different outcome. Yeah. He's, he's doing the wrong thing for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. And we can say that because we know what happens, but like you don't work with demons. No. <laughs> okay. Like you should have known that from the beginning. What's your initial gut reaction to working with them? Yeah. If you're working Probably with a demon, good. you're not doing the right thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> Generally yeah. speaking. Yeah. Actually pretty much all the way, all the time speaking. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> but yeah, those are my only thoughts. I didn't really have much. To me, this episode is kind of like a filler episode. Like it, it's like, it connects episodes and gets you where you need to be but it's not really like I don't know I don't know if this would be anybody's favorite episode no I doubt it yeah like not saying that it couldn't be but I just don't like 
I didn't, I don't get into this episode as much as I do other ones. Yeah, I was bummed kind of that they, I mean, I was ecstatic that they showed H.P. Lovecraft because, you know, I love him, mm-hmm. but um, I say that despite him being an incredible racist, so I'm sorry that I just said that. Now I feel bad. But well, but I mean, I, you, there's one thing to love somebody's like stories and whatnot, and another thing to like love the person. That's like me and Taylor Swift. I don't really like her. Mm-hmm. necessarily like she doesn't I don't know she there's things about her that kind of irritate me but I do like her music you know yeah, like I got it yeah that's exactly what I mean I love his work but don't love yeah. the man um I do however love Taylor Swift so <laughs> <laughs> you and I have had this talk plenty of times about Taylor Swift <laughs> I know. <laughs> like I don't know I don't think she's a bad person I think she there's just stuff that and granted could it be that she actually did these things or not yeah I don't know and I'm not going to get too much into it because I really don't care but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know like it's just kind of one of those eh, I like her music but I'm just gonna eh, whatever about her you know yeah like yeah. I don't hate her or anything I just kind of yeah whatever don't care <laughs> you know? yeah like I can't say that I, I love Taylor Swift mm-hmm. I can't I do I do appreciate her music and it's catchy and you know whatever but that's whatever (laughs) for all you dusty l shippers out there you should listen to her album folklore because i swear to god it's about dusty l (laughs) i don't even know like what's a popular song on that record oh i have no idea because i've only listened to the album i haven't listened to it like on the radio so i'm not sure yeah it's yeah she came out with two albums this year okay and um, folklore was the first one, and mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure which one, which songs off of there like are on the radio or whatever. So I'm not oh, yeah, sure. I don't listen to the radio. I pretty much yeah. stick with my Spotify. So yeah, so I'm not Shout sure. Shout out Spotify. Like, what's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of like feel out of the loop. It's kind of funny. People are like, "Oh, have you heard this song? It's really popular." And I'm like, "I'm stuck in like '90s country right now." So. <laughs> That's all right. No, I haven't. You know, I haven't heard any of these things. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But eh, whatever. Um, What was your favorite moment from this episode? My favorite moment, this isn't really a great moment, but it's the moment that stuck out to me the most was when um, Lisa was possessed and told Ben that Dean was his father. And yeah. just like, just how like shocked everyone, including the audience is at that moment. Yeah. You know, it was kind of striking. So I really like that moment. And then she's like, ah, just kidding. Who knows? Yeah. You know, so what yeah. was your favorite moment? Um, I mean, I kind of liked at the, well, I liked it, but I didn't like it. It's, I have a couple different favorite moments. My favorite funny moment was when Crowley was like, sweetie, you look tense to cast. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, he always looks a little constipated. But <laughs> yeah. Yes, he does. He, he does a little bit. But I think my, my favorite moment was just the whole, like, Dean kind of showing that he actually, like, really cared about somebody other than, like, Sam and Bobby, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, like he, he, like, he loves Ben and Lisa, you know, mm-hmm. so that was, I, I liked that just because, you know, it, you mean, it's a sensitive side of Dean that you don't get to see very often. Yeah. But, yeah. 
So do you mean like at the end, like how emotional he was when he was like walking away from the hotel or the, I mean the hospital, the The whole thing, like just him, like going after Lisa and Ben and being like, you know, there for them, you know, like dropping everything and going like, cause he doesn't necessarily do that Mm -hmm. all the time. So yeah. Unless it's somebody that he's like, he really, really loves and cares about, you know, mm-hmm. so, and it's usually Sam and Bobby. <laughs> That's, That's pretty true. much it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But anyways. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I liked it. it, it again, this episode wasn't like, it, it was a decent, it, I'm not saying it was a bad episode, but it's just not one of the ones that ever yeah. sticks out to me, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I like this episode. I like yeah. it. It's not it's not anywhere like in a in a top like favorite list or anything, but yeah. But for what well, it was, like I, like I it. do I like it. It just is kind of like well, okay, you know, like it, it was a good episode. It was solid. That's yeah. it. You know, <laughs> that's all it's got for me. <laughs> what I wish would have happened in this episode was um I wanted to see like Bobby and Eleanor like flirting a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I wanted to see. I thought that that was going to happen when she was like, is that all you came here to tell me? You know, she kind of said it like in that like voice. Yeah. And, but you then, wanted, you wanted Bobby to have a lover boy <laughs> moment. I did. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Yeah. Too much to ask for. Jeez. I know. Right. Really? Oh. <laughs> uh. Um, so our interesting facts from this episode, um, it says after Crowley snatches Lisa and Ben, he tells Dean, don't worry, I won't hurt them provided you and Jolly Green stand down. Um, he's referring to the Jolly Green Giant, uh, the mascot of the Green Giant Vegetable Company, whose 55 foot tall statue stands in Blue Earth, Minnesota. Isn't oh. that where one of the episodes, oh yeah, yeah, Blue Earth, Minnesota. I could just read the rest of it. <laughs> The site of two previous episodes, um, season one, episode 21, uh, Salvation from 2006, and season five, episode 17, um, 99 Problems from 2010. Oh, okay. So, I was like, isn't that, I remember talking about Blue Earth, Minnesota. It's like, read the rest of the interesting fact, you dummy. (laughs) (laughs) Figure it out. (laughs) It's okay. Um, so it says when the demons come for Lisa and Ben, uh, Ben is reading Cthulhu Tales from 2008, um, a collection of Lovecraftian comic book stories. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, uh, this was Anthony Holland's final acting role before his death on July 29th, 2015 at the age of 95. So I'm guessing that's the, the guy in the mental asylum. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. Uh, cause yeah, there's not. Yeah, I would assume that would be it. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, Crowley says your chocolate has been in my peanut butter. Um, it's a reference to uh, Reese's peanut butter cup commercials of the 70s and 80s, which I oh, wasn't I don't, around then. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember those commercials. Um, it says, Crowley refers to Sam and Dean as fop coiffed little heroes. Um, or fop foy? No, fop. I'm gonna go with fop, but I don't remember that being the word. Oh, I, I remember saying it. I remember okay, saying I was it. like, yeah. wait, hold on. Yeah, I'm having a brain moment. It's fine. Um, it says it's used to describe a man who is vain and always concerned about his pe- appearance, aka metrosexual or dandy, whatever that means. I'm not sure. 
Oh uh, yeah, I I don't really know. I don't know. Um, coif is a Middle English term, or yeah, Middle English term for styling hair. Uh, so Crowley is ribbing on Sam and Dean's hairstyles. Yeah, which I like their hairstyles. So yeah, I like their hairstyles. It's not yeah. it's not a bad hairstyle. <laughs> no. Sometimes Sam's uh, sideburns get a little bit much. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes Sam's hair is in that like grow out to a different hairstyle phase mm-hmm. and doesn't look good. But no, yeah, that was kind of like the first season for me. I don't like his or hair in the, the second. Yeah, in the ver- my least favorite Sam hair is the very last season, season fifteen. Really? Yeah, that's my least favorite Sam hair. Hmm. <laughs> the last episode. <laughs> There's a lot of talk about his hair. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not going to give away any more than that, but ooh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, it's not really crucial. I mean, I guess if I talked about it, it would be a, a, a bad spoiler, but still. Um, anyways, <laughs> so we're just going to move on. <laughs> um, it says this episode's title, Let It Bleed, is also the title of a hit song by the Rolling Stones, uh, which is yet another classic rock nod. Um, Balthazar asked... Uh, Castiel if he is in flagrante or with the king of Hades. Um, In flagrante is a term used to describe when someone is in the act of wrongdoing and is often used to describe sexual misconduct. (laughs) Oh, I did not know that. Okay. (laughs) It's like pretty much nowadays terms it would be like are you butt buddies with him sort of thing like that. I've heard that term before which eh, whatever you know. Um um, it says, as Bobby leaves uh, Judah, as you can see the video game, uh, Cthulhu Saves the World being played in the background. Hmm. Um, also, it's the last appearances of Lisa and Ben Brayden. Oh. It's sad. That is sad. I love them. Yeah. A lot of people hate Lisa, but I really love Lisa. I liked Lisa. I think she was good for Dean. Like, yeah. I think that they both could have done things a little bit differently. Sure. But honestly, like she did her best with what she was given and Dean also kind of did. It just didn't work out. You know? Right. So yeah, it's sad, but it is what it is. So, um, our research from this week is <laughs> funny enough off of Lovecraft. <laughs> yeah. So, this is off of amp.theguardian.com, um, and it's 10 Things You Should Know About H.P. Lovecraft. Um, it says, Howard Phillips Lovecraft was born on this day in, or no, wait, this is, so August 20th, 2014 okay. was when this was published, so. I see. <laughs> he was born on August 20th, 1890, um, says we celebrate his birthday with 10 tidbits about the father of weird and wonderful horror. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the first one, it says both of us, uh, both his mother and father were separately committed to the same men- mental institution. Um, it says Winfield Scott Lovecraft was committed to Butler Hospital after being diagnosed with psychosis when H.P. Lovecraft was only three years old. Um, he died in 1898 when H.P. was eight. Um, to this day, rumors persist that Winfield had syphilis, but neither HP nor his mother ever displayed symptoms. Hmm. Um, it says Sarah Susan Phillips Lovecraft. That was quite the 
long title, um, was later committed to Butler in 1919. Uh, She remained in close correspondence with her son for two years until she died of complications after surgery. But like, if she's in a mental institution, what type of surgery? Exactly. You know, so that's that's great. (laughs) Um, It says he wanted to be a professional astronomer, but never finished high school. Um, It says, as a sickly child, Lovecraft only attended school sporadically and was essentially self-educated. He was drawn to astronomy and chemistry and the writings of Gothic authors such as Edgar Allan Poe. Um, Due to what he termed a nervous breakdown, (laughs) Lovecraft never finished high school and instead only dabbled informally in his passions. Mm -hmm. Um, It says he rarely went out in public during daylight. Um, It says Lovecraft would only leave the house after sunset, staying up late to study science and astronomy and to read and write. He would routinely sleep late into the day, um, developing the pale and gaunt bearing he is now known for. (laughs) Well, if you never see the light of day, then yeah, you're going to be a little pasty. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It says Lovecraft's mother reportedly called him grotesque during his childhood and warned him to hide inside so people couldn't see him. Um, in 1926, he wrote, I am essentially a recluse, um, who will have very little to do with people wherever he may be. I think that most people only make me nervous that only by accident and in extremely small quantities would I ever be likely to come across people who wouldn't. (laughs) So it sounds like he was a very, very anxious person. That's right. He was. Yeah. Um, he says he was best buddies with Harry Houdini. Um, in 1924, Lovecraft was asked by the editor of Weird Tales to ghostwrite a column by magician uh, Harry Houdini. Um, after hearing from Houdini his apparently true tale about being kidnapped by an Egyptian tour guide and encountering the deity who inspired uh, the great Sphinx of Giza, uh, Lovecraft concluded it was complete rubbish but settled for a big advance and wrote the story. Um, Under the Pyramids was published later that year, much to Houdini's delight, who kept seeking out work for Lovecraft until his death in 1926. Um, It says he wrote an estimated um, 100,000 letters in his lifetime. Um, If this figure is correct, it would place H.P. Lovecraft as second only to French writer Voltaire. Um, Lovecraft regularly wrote to friends, family, and enthusiastic amateur writers, uh, many of whom adopted themes, style, and even characters from his work. Um, His most regular correspondents were fellow writers Robert Bloch, um, author of Psycho, uh, Henry Kuttner, The Dark uh, World, um, and Robert E. Howard, uh, Conan the the Barbarian, um, and the poet Samuel Loveman. (laughs) Next one, he really didn't like sex. Oh my God. (laughs) It says after his death, Sonia Lovecraft told a Lovecraft scholar that he was a virgin when they married in 1924, um, aged 34. Before their marriage, Lovecraft reportedly bought numerous books about sex and studied them in order to perform on their wedding night. Uh, Sonia later said she had to initiate all sexual activity, saying the very mention of the word sex seemed to upset him. He did, however, make the statement once that if a man cannot be or is not married at the greatest height of his sex desire, which in his case, he said, was at age 19, (laughs) he became somewhat unappreciative of it after he passed 30. I was somewhat shocked, but held my peace. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) Anyways. That's too bad. Uh, He suffered night terrors. Um, It says, no, not nightmares. H.P. Lovecraft began experiencing the 
parasomnia, night terrors from the age of six. Um, night terrors cause the sufferer to physically move or scream to escape waking dreams and are estimated to affect 3% of adults. Um, sorry, I got distracted. Steve is like heavy snoring <laughs> over next oh. to me. It's really loud. <laughs> it says, uh, HP dreamed what he called um, night gaunts, which later appeared in his books as thin, black, and faceless humanoids that tickle their victims into submission. Oh my god. Yuck. <laughs> no, thank you. No, 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 no. It says Lovecraft's affliction uh, fed into his dreamlike, nightmarish prose, but also fueled it. Um, in a 1918 letter, he wrote, uh, do you realize that to many men it makes a vast and profound difference whether or not the things about them are as they appear? Um, if truth amounts to nothing, then we must regard the phantasma of our slumbers just as seriously as the events, as the events of our daily lives. Um, it says he inspired Batman, Black Sabbath, South Park, and more. <laughs> it says, or Batman City, at least. Um, Batman puts his dastardly criminals away in Arkham Asylum. Um, Arkham being the name of the fictional city H.P. Lovecraft uh, created as a setting for many of his stories. Um, Cthulhu appeared in an episode of South Park and killed Justin Bieber. <laughs> 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 oh no. <laughs> um, it says Black Sabbath's, Black Sabbath's album Behind the Wall of Sleep is named for a Lovecraft short story. Um, the Book of the Dead, discovered in a cabin in Sam Raimi's Evil Dead films, is based on Lovecraft's, uh, oh boy, Necronomicon. You got it. Did I said it right? Yep. Okay. Um, it says, today you find the Necronomicon in all good bookstores without unleashing a zombie apocalypse. Or, uh, yeah, without unleashing a zombie apocalypse. Mm -hmm. um, you got to watch the Evil Dead movies. We got to <laughs> do that. So, oh, man, we got to do that. Did we? No. What am I thinking of? Are you thinking of Cabin in the Woods? No, something versus the Evil Dead or something. Oh, are you thinking of um, Dale and Tucker versus Evil? No. Or Tucker and Dale versus Evil? Uh, I want to say like Ash something. What's the Ash versus the Evil Dead? Yeah, that's a that's a TV show that um, it happens after the Evil Dead movies. Okay, I was gonna say I've heard you talk about that before, and I think you've said that you wanted me to watch that before. Yeah. Yeah, you got to watch the movies first, for sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the show is so funny. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Okay. Um, what was I? Oh, hi, Steve. He's just like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> He's being really cute today. <laughs> Can you hear I him? heard him, yep. What's the matter? Ha-ha. <laughs> 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 yeah? Is that so? Lovecraft, is that what you want to hear about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, what? Come up here then. <laughs> he needs a lap. Just don't scream right into the microphone, buddy. Um, so it says um, HP Lovecraft isn't buried under his headstone. Um, it says, Lovecraft died of cancer of the small intestine in 1937. Um, in keeping with his lifelong fascination with science, he kept a detailed diary of his eventually mortal illness. 
Um, when he died, Lovecraft was buried in Swan Point Cemetery and listed on his mother's family's monument. His mother's family's monument. That was a hard one. <laughs> it says this wasn't enough for Lovecraft's fans. Um, in 1977, a group funded and installed a separate headstone. Um, in 1997, a particularly avid fan attempted to dig up Lovecraft's corpse under the headstone, but gave up after finding nothing from digging three feet. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I've been there actually. The first time I went to visit Eric's family in, uh, in Rhode Island, um, huh. I was like, Hey, you know, like, let's go visit Lovecraft's grave. And his dad is an English, was an English teacher before he retired. So he was down. So they took me there. Yeah. And it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting to see. Slightly, slightly creepy maybe, but interesting. Yeah. It was awesome. I was worried that his parents were going to be like, what the hell is up with this girl? She wants us to go to a graveyard. You know? <laughs> I mean, while you're there, yeah, might as well. <laughs> I think that's also the graveyard. When Eric was like five or six, um, his dad took him, I think, to that graveyard to go riding his bike, you know, down mm -hmm. the paved pathways. And um, Eric uh, went down a little hill and biffed it at the bottom. And his he was so mad at his dad for it. He thought it was his dad's fault that he screamed at him, I'll kill you in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and his dad is like, why a cave? And he was like, that's just like the loneliest place he could think of. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be by yourself in the dark. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> It'll be awful. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's kind of fascinating to me what kids can come up with. You know, and usually like their threats are not all that scary, but sometimes they come up with some real sketchy stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You are totally right. <laughs> so um, the last one on here, it says Cthulhu is pronounced Kalulu because we've all wondered it. It's K-H-L-U-L dash L-O-O. Yeah, I just am not going to change the way I say it. Oh, no, I'm not either. But yeah. it's apparently, yeah, I'm Kalulu. Huh. Kalulu? I don't know. <laughs> ah, that's hard. <laughs> that's kind of cute. I know. Kalulu. 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 It sounds more feminine. It sounds like a cat name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how about Kalulu? You like that, Steve? Kalulu? Hmm? He's like, yeah, whatever. Um, so it says, in a 1934 letter to amateur writer Dwayne W. Rimmel, um, or Rimmel maybe, uh, Lovecraft explained how to pronounce the name of his alien creation. <laughs> so it says, the name of the hellish entity was invented by beings whose vocal organs were not like man's, hence it has no relation to the human speech equipment. Uh, the syllables were determined by a physiological equipment wholly unlike ours, hence could never be uttered perfectly by human throats. Um, the actual sound, as nearly as any human organs could imitate it or human letters record it, may be taken as something like clue with the first syllable pronounced gutturally and very thickly. The U is about like that in full, and the first syllable is not unlike clue in sound, hence the H represents the guttural thickness so, <laughs> <clue>. <laughs> I 
can't do it. I don't know. I just giggle because you said thickness. I'm sorry. <laughs> Federal thickness. <laughs> Federal thickness, no less. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm probably butchering it, but we'll go with coal. Oh, crud. Colohulu. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like German. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's like, that can't be uttered by people. It's like, uh, have you tried the Germans yet? <laughs> 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 they might be able to get there. You know? mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's our research for this week. <laughs> All about the... the, the Cthulhu. I'm going to go with Cthulhu. Yeah, I'm still going to say Cthulhu. And that's what everybody else calls it, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you start going around going Cthulhu at people. <laughs> no one's going to know who I'm talking about. That's right. What's going on? They're going to be like, um, you mean Cthulhu? I'd be like, yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, so what was your Ijitter Aspect moment from this week? Uh, well, last weekend, I got together with my aunt and uncle, and it's me and Eric and Killian, and we met at the Golden Gardens Park in Seattle, and um, oh my god, it was so crowded. There was no way to socially distance. It really kind of bummed me out. It was, like, so crowded. It took forever to find parking. Huh. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, was, like, one of the few things you can do. Yeah, and it, was, so. and it was a nice day. You know, it was sunny out, even though it was, like, in the early, in the early, in the, um, in the 40s yeah in the early 40s Uh, 40s. I couldn't think of the right thing to say (laughs) the weather was in its early 40s uh oh good yep just gonna keep going so (laughs) that didn't happen yeah so we met there because it was the uh, anniversary of my cousin's death that day the 23rd and um we were gonna spread um well i don't know if it was the plan to spread her ashes but we wanted to spend the time with her parents you know and just be together someplace nice and you know um but kelly was like you know do you want to spread some ashes and i was like yeah Mm -hmm. i do like i think that'd be great i haven't spread any of her ashes yet myself so Mm -hmm. so we um so she she pours me a little bit of a little bit of Andrea. Yeah. Into, <laughs> strange. Into the, into this, this little cap mm-hmm. of the container that was holding the ashes. And I was like, I was, you know, I like kind of walked a little bit away from everybody because it was a little windy and I didn't want to get Andrea on them, you know. And, Cause she very specifically said that people are not to eat her. <laughs> I'll get into that in a minute. I mean, that's not relevant to what happened, but I will tell that story. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, um, so I was about, to, you know, I've never spread anyone's ashes before. Honestly, this is my first time. Mm-hmm. So, um, I know that you just toss them into the wind and whatever. We were down on the water. So, you know, you toss them or into the water. Yeah. But, um, I was like about to do it. And then I was like, oh my God, do I need to make a wish? <laughs> <laughs> like a birthday candle. <laughs> <laughs> it just... <laughs> It just, it just seemed like the right thing to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I made a wish and then tossed her into the ocean and that was pretty cool. So, I mean, whatever feels right. <laughs> yeah, it did feel right. And, and like Eric got to do it and Killian got to do it. So it was a real special time. Yeah. Um, so, um, but the eating part of it <laughs> that you just mentioned, 
um, my dad, when he was spreading his mom's ashes, he, I wasn't there for this, but Andrea, my cousin, she watched my dad um, lick ashes, lick her ashes off of his finger. Yeah. And, and apparently it horrified everyone in the family. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, when I heard about it, was not surprised because it just seems like something my dad would do. And yeah. it also means that now I have to do that to my dad's ashes. I just feel like. Did he say that? Or no, no. Do you I just, just feel like you have to. I just feel like I have to. And I don't feel weird about it. I feel like, I feel like that's just going to be like the natural order of things from now on. <laughs> <laughs> generations of ash licking (laughs) yes exactly but my cousin um before she passed she had made this wish list um i think i think the hospital gave it to her it was like five things you know five wishes that you want to happen and one of them was that my dad specifically no one else but my dad did not eat her ashes she was like, Uncle Mark is not allowed to eat my ashes. And I was like, cousin, like, why did you only put Grandpa Mark? Like, what if I feel compelled to? And she was like, you should not eat my ashes. And I was like, look, if we were like, our roles were switched, I would totally put on my wish list that my cousin had to eat my ashes. <laughs> and she goes, well, I'm glad I'm going before you then. She's like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> apparently the apple doesn't fall far <laughs> <laughs> nope so anyway what was your urgent at the moment mine um so mine's not all that exciting the other day I was coming home after the weekend because I've been kind of spending weekends over at Travis's mm-hmm. um and so <laughs> I had so Steve rides in the car and he's not in a container or anything. I just put a bed out for him and he stays in his bed because he doesn't like the car. So he just kind of like hunkers down in his bed and just like hangs out, you know? Mm -hmm. And so usually I'll go and I'll like grab the bed and like fold it like a taco (laughs) and like carry him with one arm with like a couple bags on that shoulder. And then I'll have like my backpack on (laughs) and you know my keys in one hand so I can like open the door and whatever Mm -hmm. so I end up being very top heavy (laughs) yeah I dropped my keys out so I get to outside my door I drop my keys and I go to try and pick them up And I almost just like face planted into my door trying mm. to, and I'm like holding Steve really tight and like all of my bags kind of like go forward and I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> and I finally, like I get my keys and I'm like trying to like stand up and like put, like shift the weight of all of the luggage to the back of me. And I'm like stumbling around and just, and I hear <laughs> my neighbor I, they must have heard a thunk and went to look, and I just hear this, like, a little, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no, I have not met this neighbor. <laughs> but it must have been pretty comical. It was more of just kind of like a, ha, ha, oh, you know, like, and then they realized that I could probably hear them. But <laughs> oh, no. I'm, like, sitting there, like, all wonky with the cat under one arm trying to get my... <laughs> keys so then that way I could like let myself into the door you know mm-hmm. but I, mean, I can't believe they laughed at you huh I can't believe they laughed at you I mean I would have laughed 
laughed too. I would have expected them to laugh. I kind of laughed at myself once I got myself a little more righted and wasn't like concerned about totally face planting. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was like oddly like pretzeled trying yeah. to like hold on to the cat so he didn't go running and then, you know, whatever. But anyways, that was, that was my agent moment. I just like almost face planted and couldn't quite write myself before the neighbors found out. <laughs> oh God. But anyways. Um, so another thing for y'all, we would love you guys to send us your agent and aspect moments and then we will go through it, send it to our email and we'll go through and, um, pick random ones and we'll share them with you guys on the podcast. So we'd love it if you did that. Um, and we'll, you know, give you all of our, uh, email information, but yeah, we, we like, we'd like to hear from you guys. So yeah, we want to hear your moments so we can laugh at you <laughs> because I mean, you guys laugh at us plenty. <laughs> we want to be able to laugh at other people too. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgets and aspects podcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out or visit our Facebook page, idgets and aspects, a supernatural podcast. You can also find us on Instagram. Thanks again. Thank you.